Okay, Derek Sumption is indeed with us now. <laughs> it's one of the, you know, Derek, it's interesting in uh, technology-wise. When you speak on WhatsApp, it's so clear. But the problem is if somebody else tries to get hold of you at the same time, well, it, it kind of messes up those advantages. But nice to have you on the show. You've been the talk of the business newsroom and of the website. Uh, literally dozens of people coming on and either supporting you or saying you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you, you ran a piece uh, in reaction to what Magnus Haystick uh, wrote last week, saying that uh, you should still be taking your money offshore and nobody's done well in the South African market, etc. Just in a nutshell, what's your argument here? Um, Alec, it's, uh, good evening, firstly. Um, it's really about this notion that all or nothing is the right move. And, you know, I've been doing this for 35 years, so I've got a bit of experience in, in managing money. And there are times when you want to be offshore, absolutely. There are times when you want to be local. So I don't think you can ever make a categoric statement that you must have all your money offshore or you must have all your money local or all your money in shares. It's just not a good strategy. Diversification works when the rand is strong. Take your money offshore. That's great. But right now, I don't want to take money out at 14.50 to the dollar and buy into an American market that's up like 42% over the last four years. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, and so, likewise, you could take mm. your money off and, and go and buy German bonds. I mean, they're giving you a minus return. So there's, there's times to be there. There's times to be in certain asset classes, but it's not an all-or-nothing approach. Are, are you a local as lacquer uh, protagonist at the moment? Am I a what? Local is lacquer. Yes, I think, I mean... If I can get uh, 8% in cash with zero risk, uh, that's, you know, 3% above inflation. What's wrong with that? Versus so, overseas mm. where the cash is going to give me maybe 0.75 to maybe one and a half. doesn't make sense. It doesn't, excepting when you have a look at the RAND. Uh, and we don't know where the RAND's going. And I guess there are a lot of people who who feel that the RAND is one of those currencies that could could weaken, uh, Magnus certainly does, uh, indefinitely. What's your view on that one? Yeah, but, you know, Alec, if you think back, uh, 2001, uh, when the RAND blew out, we went to 13 RAND to the dollar. Now we're at 14 RAND to the dollar. That's 18 years later. So, yes, the RAND does weaken, but not dramatically. It's only when we have shit with uh, the guys in uh, uh, politicians and that sort of thing that we, we see this negativity. But if you take a, a pure uh, pricing parity, the rent should be a 10 to the dollar. So at 14, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Uh, Derek, I've been following the emails between you and Magnus, and we decided not to publish them because it's a he, shed, he said, she said kind of thing. Um, but essentially what's uh, what the two of you are saying is that you say, but hang on, our portfolios at Brandtam did perform better than inflation, uh, whereas Magnus said nobody's portfolios perform better than inflation. Uh, where do you, or, or how do you test that? Because his argument is, yes, you, you can say anything you want because you don't uh, put them on Morningstar or one other platform. Yeah, so the way we monitor our returns is when we set up our funds in uh, 1999, we put seed capital into each fund. So it was actual physical cash that we invested in each fund. We've never touched that. All we've done is monitor how that money has grown over the years. So it includes all the costs that any investor in that fund would pay. 
it's an absolute 100% accurate return for what our clients have received. And just to just so that people couldn't point fingers at us, I used the most expensive uh, asset class we have, not the cheapest, which is what a lot of the other guys do. So at worst, that's the return you got. If you had sizable funds, you got a much lower fee, your return was even better. But based on uh, someone investing 100,000 Rand, which is the most expensive class you can invest in, we have beaten inflation over those periods. So, And those are Regulation 28 funds. So for Magnus to make a statement that says no Regulation 28 fund has beaten inflation over the last one, three, five years is not correct. Simple. And what have you been investing in that has given you that outperformance, certainly in his view? Well, we've, we, are, we, are, we are contrarian and we are maverick. And you've known me for a, a very long time <laughs> and you know that we don't really follow the rules and follow what everybody else does. So one of our big pumps that we've had over the last three years has been Pref shares. Uh, Prefs gave us just over 22% over the last 12 months. And we've got a fairly heavy weighting in the funds on that. And uh, that has made a substantial difference. We're also quite conservative because we deal predominantly with retired people. So we don't go and just chuck money at the at the equity market and think that that's going to give us the returns. If we can get a better return out of bonds or cash, we'll take it. We mm. also held no South African property um, over the last two years. Just looked too expensive for us, so we didn't want to hold it. I would say that now we're probably going to start switching some of the prefs into property because property's down 30% and prefs are up 22 So that's the time you want to make those moves. We're also going to keep some cash if the rent does come back and strengthen a little bit. We'll take some money offshore as well. Do you not have any offshore right now? No, we do. We do, but we're not up at the maximum. You know, uh, I think we're sitting on average at about 20 to 25% in each of the portfolios. We can go to 30, but there's nothing that really grabs us that says you've got to take this money offshore and go and invest it. You know, I can get almost 9% on South African bonds at the moment um, with a likelihood of a little bit of capital gain if the rates drop. Why would I want to go and, and invest overseas? It, it sounds to me like you also go for broader classes rather than individual equities, and that seems to be where the potholes are. David Shabiro and I were talking a little earlier uh, about Pumalela down 50% in six months, uh, Tongart down shuch, more than that, um, and and uh, we also had Life Healthcare, which has taken a hiding, Massmart. There are some pretty good companies that uh, you could have stepped into a pothole unknowingly. Is, has that been part of your strategy? Yeah, so what we do, Alec, is that we hand out our money to uh, specific fund managers. And we will go and do due diligence on them and say, right, guys, we're going to give you a lump sum of cash. Uh, what are you going to do with it? And they will tell us what their strategy is, whether it's uh, top 40 shares, if it's mid-cap shares, uh, if it's offshore shares, whatever it might be. We will then evaluate uh, whether we want to invest with them. If they don't meet what we require, then we won't. But the guys that we've used have been very good at missing those potholes. So uh, Steinhoff, we had, uh, I think, 0.05% exposure across all the portfolios. It was nothing. Stop um, boasting. <laughs> sorry? Stop bragging. There are <laughs> many of us who are very sore about Steinhoff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we did get caught a little bit. One of our fund managers was quite bullish on Tongart, so he was holding a bit, so that hurt a little bit. But it was, you see, when you average an out, and, and it comes back to that diversification thing, you're not all or nothing. 
you've got a little bit of exposure here, a little bit of exposure there. If mm. one of those shares falls in a heap, it's not going to kill you. It mm. might knock uh, 0.1 or 0.2% off your performance, but it's not going to knock 10% off. So we are, we are quite cautious, quite um, – we don't want to lose capital. Let's put it that way. Most of our clients are retired. They're living off this money. They're getting pensions from us. They don't want to see their capital value drop by 10 or 15%. Yeah, and you've got, to, you've got to look them in the eye if something like that happens, and that, that's got to be the toughest job in the world. But, Derek, just to close off with, how are, how are your clients doing? How are the, the, the savings of, of um, those people that you've worked with for many years going on? Is there still money around for them to put away for their, for their golden years? Yeah, I think, you know, Alec, obviously 35 years in the business, we've got some guys that are um, – that retired many years ago and have passed on, but the kids have come to us and their kids are now coming to us. So we're on third generation and we'll probably get to fourth generation soon. So that money tends to stay in the system, tends to roll over. And a lot of it is coming obviously from the retirement industry. So when a guy gets to retirement, he gets his pension money, he might get a payout, he might sell his shares, whatever it might be. That money's got to be invested somewhere. So for example, when, when uh, AB InBev took out SAB, and uh, a lot of the execs left. A lot of those guys came across to us and said, well, can you do something with this money? I need to live off it now. You know, I'm 56, mm-hmm. 57, that sort of age group. I've been paid out. What can I do with this? Derek Sumption is with Brantam, a company that he founded, as you heard, 35 years ago.